Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with God's people this morning. Amen. Wonderful. Um, I pray today that you would be built up and that you'd be encouraged in your faith. And if you've never given your life to him, we pray that today would be the day that you experience his very real presence with us this morning. Amen. We're continuing our ministry on discipleship, on following Jesus. And last week, James uh, preached brilliantly on having a passion for the word of God. And uh, those that love Christ are lovers of his word. Amen. The Holy Spirit loves the word of God. And therefore, if you're a man or a woman of the spirit, you also love the word of God. We might want to turn the mic down a little bit, Tim. We're a bit echoey over here, but he's working on it. Um, And as we're continually transformed into the image of Christ, we will always be growing in our love and our passion for the Word of God. Amen? We're going to continue to look at that this morning. And can I encourage you this morning in your confession? Can I encourage you that if you uh, agree with something that is said from the front, that you say amen? Can we say amen together? Can we say it like we mean it? Say amen. Amen. For I truly believe that as you speak your agreement with your mouth, you will receive with your spirit. Does anyone else believe that this morning? I want to encourage you today, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you hear something that you agree with, that you say, amen, I agree. Because I know this morning that you will receive something in your spirit. Amen? If you have your Bible with you, can you just hold it for a moment? Just hold it in your hands like this. His word is so precious. In Psalm 119, verse 127, it says, God's commandments are worth more than gold. When I was, had the privilege of going to Vietnam last year, we uh, gave Bibles out to the believers that were there. And it was the first time that I recognized how precious this word was when I saw believers that had never had a Bible in their own translation receiving it. The word of God is precious this morning. The word of God is powerful. It's powerful to save. It's powerful to deliver. It's powerful to heal. And it's powerful to set free. It brings life into every circumstance. It brings light into darkness. It brings faith into the unbelieving heart. It brings life into a valley of dry bones. There is a man in this church who, um, about, I don't know, three, four years ago, just before he was going out drinking with his friends, he sat in the hotel room. He sat in his hotel room on his bed and he turned to the side and he picked up a Gideon Bible from his hotel bedside table. And as he held the word of God for the first time, he opened it and he started to read it. And as he read it, he knew that the words that he was reading was the truth of God. He ran downstairs and he spoke to his non-Christian friends and he said, This is the truth. I know that this is the truth. That man's life has been completely transformed. 
And our friend David Howell this morning is preaching the gospel in Cardiff Prison. The word is powerful for changing lives. Do you believe that this morning? And his word brings rest. Last week, Klinos shared a wonderful story of how she was walking with her family on the coastal path. And despite the wind and despite the rain, they found shelter and they found peace in the sand dunes. It's in his word that we find rest. Amen? His word sustains us. His word refreshes us. His word always builds you up. His word will always make you strong. His word will always encourage you. Amen? And this morning we heard the prophetic word to get ready. Get ready was the word. Everyone say, get ready. I'm going to give you some help this morning on how to get ready. For we are living in days where more prophetic word will come that Jesus is returning. That it is not a far off distant thing, but Jesus is coming soon. And it's time for his people to get ready. So this morning I want to help you. I want to give you some keys on how to get ready this morning. So if we turn with me please in the word of God to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we'll be reading from verse 24. I've got two memory verses for you this morning. Two verses that I want you to remember. And uh, if any of the youth can come up to me after this morning's meeting and recite those memory verses to me, I've got a whole stack of these. And I will give you one of these if you remember it, okay? What do you class as youth? That's completely up to you. (laughs) The first verse that I want you to memorize this morning is this. Verse 24 from Matthew chapter 7. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. That's the verse I want you to remember this morning. Let's continue to read at verse 25. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come, And the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Amen? Now, I've been debating all week, okay, whether we should sing that kid's song. But I I decided, okay, you might not know what I'm talking about. Some people will know what I'm talking about. I decided that I would only do it if you sing with me, okay, and if you do the actions with me as well, all right? Right, so as soon as you recognize what I'm doing, I want those that know it to sing with me. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a complete plonker, all right? Okay. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Now sing it like you mean it. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rain came tumbling down. The rain came down. 
The rain came down and the floods went up. Now sing it like you mean it. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up. And the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man, okay? The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rain came tumbling down. I see it with passion in your heart. The rain came down and the floods came up. Can't hear you. The rain came down and the floods came up. The rain came down and the floods came up, and the house on the. Give yourselves a round of applause, well done. I got a question for you all this morning. I got a question for every single person sitting here this morning. And the question is this What is it that you're building your life upon? What is it that's your foundation? Is it your career? Is it how much money you have in your bank account? Is it how liked you are by other people? Is it a night out dancing in Cardiff on a Friday night? Is it your emotions? Is it your family? You know, none of these things are necessarily bad. But when they're your foundation, when you build your life upon them, when they become your bedrock, when they dictate to you who you are and what you're about, you have a foundation that is not secure. Because let me tell you something. I mean, I'm only a young guy, but I've been around enough to tell you that relationships will come and go. People will come and go in your life. Careers, they'll start and they'll finish. Your emotions will go up and they'll go down. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And when the storms of life come, if you don't build your life upon this word, you'll have a shaky foundation. Your house will be weak. God's intention for you and for me is to have an unshakable foundation. That we're not knocked around by every circumstance that we face. That even though I go through difficulties, even though I face the storms of life, I remain steadfast, I remain strong, because my foundation is the Word of God. What does that mean? It means that even though I go through things that I don't understand, I know that God is good. Because that His Word says that He is good. I know that He is faithful. Because His Word says that He is faithful. I know that God works everything together for the good of those who love him. Because that is what he has said in his word. Amen? Amen. Even though I go through difficulty, I know that he is for me and he is not against me. I know that he'll never leave me. I know that he'll always protect me. I know that if I seek him first, he will give me everything that I need. I know that I'm never going to be tempted beyond what I can bear, because that is what he has said in his word. And when the wind and the rain beat against your house, let me tell you, your non-Christian family will be looking at you. Your friends at school will be looking at you. Your colleagues at work will be looking at you, and they will be amazed, because even though you're in the storm, you're still standing. Let me tell you just a quick story. I want to encourage you today that from the day you told them you were a Christian, they are watching you. 
even when you don't realize it. About quite a few years ago when I was 18, my brother got a new job working for Toyota, uh, Formula One, the Grand Prix, and all of that, and he started traveling the world, and he lived an incredible life. My brother is not saved yet, but he lived an amazing life, staying in the nicest hotels in the world, traveling all over the world. And I was up in Manchester, and I was working with kids on the estates in Manchester. And you know what? I thought to myself, my brother is not looking at my life at all. He's not interested in one bit about my Christian life or anything to do with my life of faith. And then a couple of years later, when I was at a New Year's Eve party, my brother was there, and he'd had a few drinks. And you know what? He came up to me, and you know what he said? He looked me in the eye, and he said, I am so envious of your life. He said, I wish I had what you had. And you know what? In that moment, I realized that he hadn't taken his eyes off me. I want to encourage you today. Your non-Christian family are looking at you. Your colleagues at work are looking at you. Your friends at college and at school, they're looking at you. Especially when you go through the storms of life and you're still standing. Build your house on the rock. Don't build your self-worth on anything else but the word of God. Don't build it upon what the world tells you. Don't build your marriage upon what the world tells you, but build it upon the word of God. Don't build your future on what other people tell you, but build it upon the word of God. The word of God is a solid foundation for those who believe. It's an anchor to my soul. It's a rock to my feet. His words, God's words this morning are certain. They're trustworthy. You can believe them. That is why we're encouraged to be a people of our word. Because it's like God. God will never break his word. His promises are certain. In Numbers 23 verse 19 it says, God does not lie. And he doesn't change his mind. Psalm 18 verse 30 says, The Lord's promises prove true. You can trust the word of God this morning because it is the very integrity of God. His promises are certain. And those that are wise will do what he says. My wife and I, we give 10% of every income that we get. Because that's what the word of God says. We're very generous with our money every single month. And in five years of marriage, we have never been in need. Look at God's promise in Malachi. Don't turn there now, but Malachi 3 verse 10 and Luke 6 verse 38. If you want to know how that works in your life. I live in a way that honors my mother and father. And in 20 years, I've never had to go and see a doctor. Look at Deuteronomy 5 verse 16. His promises are true and his word works. And I'm telling you this morning that the world is looking for something that works. The problem is, is that the world has rejected the word of God. But it works. There have been times in my life where I've tried to build my life on something other than the word of God and it's not long before I realize that I've got a shaky foundation. I'm not saying that you need to be strong in and of yourself this morning, but what I'm saying is that the word of God is strong. I'm saying that it's unchanging and a solid ground for those who believe. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a rock. Amen? 
Okay, second memory verse is Colossians 3, verse 16. You can turn there if you want, but it's uh, from the King James Version. Oh, I know, be impressed. Which has the translation that we're looking at. Colossians 3, verse 16, in the King James Version, says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Can we say the word richly? Richly. Can we say the word richly? Richly. Amen. I want to encourage you this morning. If you desire to follow Jesus... If you want to know his heart, if you want to know his purposes, if you want to encounter his presence, let the word of God dwell in you richly. If you struggle to speak with boldness or conviction when you're talking to your non-Christian friends, if your one desire is to lead someone to Christ, let the word of God dwell in you richly. It was wonderful a few months ago when one of our Bible college students came into prison with me and his one desire this year was to lead someone to Christ. And as we were sitting there with a group of 15 of them, he had a conversation with one of them and as he was talking, he said, have you made that decision yet? And this young man said, no, I haven't. And he was able to lead this young man to Christ. But if you desire that, if that's your heart's desire, if you want to move in a greater anointing, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. When I was younger, I used to go to a a, a particular prayer meeting, and there was a guy there who used to pray these absolutely incredible prayers. You know what prayer meetings are like. And uh, he prayed this, this wonderful, wonderful prayer, full of the word of God, full of power, full of authority. And as a young man, I looked at him and I thought to myself, I really want to pray like that. But as I started reading the scriptures... Slowly but surely, I found that as I prayed, I prayed in an authority. I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to learn how to pray, let the word of God dwell in you richly. If you find it difficult to take your thoughts captive, if you feel weak when you're tempted by the enemy, can I challenge you? Are you reading his word? For when you read the word of God, it will dwell in you richly and you will be strong. If you're in a place of decision right now, if you need direction or you need wisdom, let the word of God dwell in you richly. I had a time in my life where I had to make a decision on whether to move from Manchester to Cardiff. Because someone had given me a prophetic word saying that it was time to move. And I remember coming to the word of God because I had so much going on for me in Manchester. I had friends, I had a job, I had so much happening for me and the logical thing would be to go back there. But I had this prophetic word that someone had had given to me saying it was time to move. And I came to the word of God. And you know there are some times in your life where you'll come to the word of God. And you'll be like, God, you have to speak to me right now. And as I came to my daily reading, the first verse that I read confirmed that I needed to move. If you're in a place of decision this morning. If you're in a place where you need to uh, make a call on something, make a decision on something, let me encourage you, let the word of God dwell in you richly. If you need to know rest, if you need to know health, if you just need to know a good sound night's sleep, let me encourage you, 
let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let me tell you two things that happen when the word of God dwells in you richly. Firstly, there will be an overflow. Everyone say overflow. Overflow. There will be an overflow in your words. You know, there is a clear relationship between the word of God and between what I speak. And when the word of God dwells in you richly, there will be an overflow in your words. Of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you allow the word of God to dwell in you richly, you will find yourself speaking the word of God. You will find yourself praying the word of God. You will find yourself declaring over your home the word of God. You'll find a desire within you to speak in tongues more. You'll find a desire within you to give thanks more and not complain. You'll find a desire within you to encourage one another in the word of God. That's what happens when the word of God dwells in you richly. There'll be an overflow in your words, but there'll also be an an overflow in your spirit. There'll be an overflow in the strength of your mind. There'll be an overflow in the passion of your heart. There'll be an overflow of faith in your spirit. Things that you once held precious will become no longer precious. You'll start to desire the things that God desires. You'll start to be passionate about the things that God is passionate about. Because his word will dwell in you richly. The overflow will be seen in your boldness and in your courage. For where the word of God dwells richly, fear fades. Insecurity goes. He gives you the words to say when you need them. When you're coming to the word of God, let me encourage you, don't be discouraged if you don't get any great revelation from what you read. Don't be discouraged if you can't even remember what it is that you read in the morning. For every word that the Holy Spirit will drop into your heart is ready to be called upon at the right moment. There have been so many times with me where I've been in conversations with people and I just thought, I haven't got the words, but then suddenly the Holy Spirit will give me a word to draw upon. When the word of God dwells in you richly, it's like a spring bubbling up within you, overflowing from your spirit, ready to bring refreshment to whoever you come across. There will be an overflow. Amen? Secondly, there will be a hunger. In Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. My amazing wife will tell you that, like most men, I enjoy my food. And um, one thing I've learnt as I've been disciplined in what I'm eating is that whatever you hunger on, you will feed. Sorry, whatever you feed on, you will hunger for. Amen? If you start eating cheeseburgers, then you'll desire to eat cheeseburgers. If you start eating trash, then you will desire to eat trash. But when you start feeding on something that is healthy, then you will desire to eat something that is healthy. And when you feed upon the word of God, when you taste of his goodness... When you see how it begins to strengthen your spirit, when you see how you're able to encounter Christ through reading his word, you'll find a hunger begin to well up from within your spirit. You'll find a thirst 
for his word. You'll find a hunger to hear his voice. You'll find a desire within you to hear the Holy Spirit. Like the psalmist writes, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When the word of God dwells in you richly, his word, without his word you'll feel dry, you'll feel parched, you'll feel weary. And you know that which is contrary to his word will be like a bitter taste in your mouth. Just like I said, when you feed on something that is healthy, you'll desire it. And anything that is not feels bitter in your mouth, that's what it's like with the word of God. When we were in the Philippines a few years ago uh, with the team from All Nations Church, we went and we visited some um, indigenous tribes, and they live in the mountains in the Philippines. And um, to get to these villages, you actually need to go through rivers and so forth. It's quite an experience. Uh, And when we visited, the the land of these tribes had been completely wiped out by floods, and they hadn't got any food. So we went with these big sacks of rice on our shoulders, and we also took uh, Bibles with us as well to give them the Word of God. And as we arrived there, we handed out this food, and we handed out these Bibles, and there was one particular man that caught our attention. And this chap, as soon as he had received his brand new Bible... He sat there and he was reading it, even though he was hungry, even though that he was looking thin. The bag of food was right down by his feet and he was more interested in the word of God. And I thought to myself, what a beautiful picture of what it is to be hungry for the word of God. That we might desire his word, that we might be hungry for his word in the same way that we are hungry for food for our bodies. Build up an appetite for his word. Expand your spiritual stomach so that if you don't get his word in you, you feel hungry. Amen? So what is the application for us with all of this? What is the practical application for building your life upon a solid ground? What is the practical application for being someone within whom the word of God dwells richly? Turn with me please to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament, a few books in. I trust you're receiving the word of God this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 1 to 11. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. 
And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you do not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw waters from cisterns that you did not dig, and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. Little application for every person here today from Nike, I believe, if we've got that, Gabs. Just do it. Take the word of God and read it. Like James encouraged us last week, make space for it in your life. Whether that's getting up earlier, whether it's staying up later, whether it's not watching that TV show that you love so much. Listen to it in your car or when you're at the gym. Me and Kate quite a few years ago bought the audio Bible and we went through a few weeks and a a few months where every single day when we drove to work we would listen to the word of God. Read a short passage during your lunch break. Begin to develop an atmosphere of the word of God in your home. Husbands, can I encourage you, read the word of God to your wives. Parents, can I encourage you, read the word of God to your children. In our bedroom, we have a long piece of paper stuck to the wall. And on it we write scriptures that encourage us, that build us up. Develop an atmosphere of the word of God in your home. Bring it into your home. Resolve today to never speak anything that is contrary to the word of God. Over yourself, don't speak anything that is contrary to the word of God. Over your friends, never speak anything that is contrary to the word of God. Can I encourage you to build friendships with those that speak the word of God? Stick close to those who encourage you and speak faith. Stick close to those who will speak God's promises over your life. We had the privilege yesterday of spending a whole day with our wonderful friends Don and Olive, who, if you don't know, have been in the church for many, many years. They've seen many, many different things. But you know what was so refreshing? Was the fact that every single word they spoke was full of faith, and it was full of life. There's an example of someone and a couple that are rich in the Word of God. For some of us this morning, we need to resolve to change the way that we approach this Word. No longer will it be a thing of habit, and I speak this over you this morning. No longer will it be a thing of legalism. But from today, you'll come to this word with a new hunger to meet with the living God. 
You'll come to it because you want to encounter him. You'll come to it because you want to know him. Remember that this, this book, without the Holy Spirit, is just like ink on a page. That's all it is. But with the Holy Spirit, you can encounter the living God. It's a means by which you can enter his presence. It's not just simply a love letter from your father, which it is, but it's also a way by which you can actually come into his presence. And I want to encourage you today that when you come to the word of God, come with a heart that is open and a heart that is desiring to meet with him. For it says that if you desire me with all your heart, then you will find me. Pray to the Holy Spirit before you come to this word and he will speak to you. Last week, I trust that we were blessed together as we read the book of Colossians in our homes, in our life groups. And this week, we would like to read another book together. We're going to read the book of Ephesians together. I just want to encourage you in your own life and in your homes, in your life groups, wherever you are, be looking this week at the book of Ephesians. I believe that God will well up a hunger within you. I believe he will put a passion in you. I believe that this week as you come to the word of God, you will see things that you have never seen before. I believe that as you come to the word of God, he's going to speak directly into your life and into your situation and your circumstance. I believe that for some of us here that need to see a breakthrough in different areas, as you come to the word of God this week, that God is going to bring that breakthrough. But for so many of us in the room today, The practical application is simply this. Just sit down and open the word this week. If like me in the past you always struggled to know where on earth to start, we've helped you. We're going to start in the book of Ephesians this week. As disciples of Christ, ultimately we're called to live a life of obedience. If I want to obey him, I must give time to listening to him. And then at the end of the day, when I've listened to him and I've heard his voice through this word, I can put my head down on the pillow at the end of the day and say, I've done everything that you wanted me to do. Every follower of Christ, every disciple of Jesus is called to be passionate about this word. Is called to be passionate about reaching the lost. Is called to be passionate about prayer. Is called to be passionate about his church. We're believing as we continue this wonderful journey together, that we as a body will mature, would become more like Jesus. And I tell you this morning that Jesus loves the words of his Father. Let's pray. And this morning, as well as praying for God to put a fresh hunger in our hearts for his word, I want to give an opportunity this morning for anybody that has never received Jesus. You've never made him the Lord of your life. You've never known what it is to have your sins completely washed away. And I just want to simply give you that opportunity this morning. I don't want you to leave here this morning without having that opportunity to get right with God. And in a moment when I pray... All I want you to do is just pop your hand straight up and put it down again. And if you know that's you, I want to encourage you that this is the day. 
So Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for how you've encouraged us, Lord, in your word. And I pray this week as we look at the book of Ephesians together, Father, that you would speak to us, that we would encounter your presence, that you would well up that hunger within us, that that passion would overflow from our hearts. And now, Lord, for anyone here that has never given their life to you, Father, I thank you that you love them. I thank you that you are for them. If you know right now that you need to get right with God, that you have never given your life to him, can you just put your hand straight up in the sky and then put it straight down again for me? If you know that today you want to give your life to him. I'm not going to draw this out, but if you know today that the Holy Spirit is here and you know that you've felt his presence in a new way, let me give you that opportunity right now. This is not to recommit your life to God. This is to give your life to God this morning. Just put your hand straight up and put it down again. No problem. So, Father, I thank you for your word today. Bless every home in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.